Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Welcome to the show. I have to tell you, I'm right now standing in my kitchen trying to... Uh Uh-oh, sorry. Trying to (laughs) undo the spaghetti of my charger charger cord because I just saw my... um, I just noticed that I'm about to run out of battery on my, hang on. I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. Sorry. How you doing? I think, I think this will work. Dear God in heaven. No, it doesn't make it. (laughs) Hello. Are you still there? Hang on for a minute. This is me being an idiot, which happens quite often. I'm undoing it. Damn it. Um, sorry. Here we go. Now, I think I'm going to be able to do this. Okay. 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 All right. Where are we? Oh. Uh, August 19th. I'm on, right? <laughs> sorry. Um, just got to plug this baby in because otherwise we're not gonna. Oh, there. Okay, pretend none of that happened. Ooh, so, um, um, where to start? Where to start? Again, I I want to apologize for those to those of you who are like real old news junkies who like follow. Uh, stuff, you know, and I, I can't do it anymore. So I'm, I'm much more a, uh, I guess, a generalist than I used to be. I don't know what to say. Let's start with an obituary. It always makes me feel better. Uh, actually, this one does not because, although it reminded me of a, of a man that I did spend a great deal of time with one day in my life and had just a wonderful time. And so when I saw his name in the obits, I, you know, my heart sunk. But the fact is he lived a long life. He was 89 years old. Um, and like so many other interesting people and experiences that I was uh, I was privileged to have during my working life. This was a result of me being a television feature reporter. Um, the man uh, in question is named Dominic Danucci, or Dom, as most people called him. And uh, he was the cutest, I mean, calling cute is maybe a little absurd, but cute. I mean, his cute personality, uh, big guy. He was a uh, professional wrestler. And he, he, he was uh, with the, you know, the original WWF, now the WWE. Because I guess what the environmentalists won that WWF uh, is the World Wildlife Federation. Is that is that what happened? So the WWF becoming the WWE. At any rate, uh, Dom Danucci, um, born in Venice, Italy, an immigrant to this country who found his his uh, his way to fame and. Uh, uh, you know, I guess a, a professional uh, career that lasted almost his entire life in in wrestling. I mean, he wrestled all over the world, uh, Japan and Canada and and Australia, and that's before joining the WWF. He partnered with another great, perhaps the greatest. Pittsburgh wrestler Bruno Sammartino. And he and Bruno uh, 
won the International Tag Team Championship in 1971. Dom was known for for uh, a move called the airplane spin, in which one of the wrestlers has the other wrestler above his head and spins, spins him uh, around. I, I watched him uh, do it that day. It was amazing. Anyway, I had so much fun that day. He was such a great character, such a ready laugh. And like so many uh, wrestlers that I have met, and I've met quite a few for some reason, um, he was a sweet guy, like Bruno. He was a sweet guy. And they were entertainers by, by nature. So after he left the WWF, he uh, he bought a farmhouse with the money he had made in Beaver County, and um, there he lived uh, with his wife. And he started giving wrestling lessons in the uh, in his garage in the uh, 1970s early seventies. And then, uh, the garage became, uh, an actual school, a wrestling school. And it's all, you know, not the garage anymore because that's where I saw him. It wasn't the garage. It was an actual school. And I do remember, yeah, we were definitely somewhere in Beaver County. And, uh, he wrestled his final match Get this at the age of 80. <laughs> and and that was in Toronto. That's after I met him. I unbelievable. Anyway, I, I made the mistake of asking him if it was like fake, if some of the stuff was was fake, or telling him it was. Like, I mean, come on now. I mean, some of that. And he said, "Fake? You want fake? Is this fake?" And he grabbed. I get never say to a. a wrestler that it's fake never i'm just telling you um i'm warning you <laughs> from personal experience well he was so sweet he just grabbed my head in a you know in a headlock a gentle headlock i think um anyway um it turns out that uh he taught some really really good wrestlers uh, the one whose name leaps out at me is Mick Foley, who um, I also had occasion to to meet because Mick Foley was a uh, was a astonishingly interesting man. I mean, known for subjecting himself to physical abuse like no other uh, wrestler. I mean, he's up there with the the craziest of the lot. But he was so smart and he had written a book and he was on a guest on my radio show uh, because of the book. I had read a review of the book and was fascinated that this was a, a professional wrestler because it was good and he was uh, just, he was amazing. So I got to meet Mick Foley. I did not know, strangely, that he was a student of Dom DiNucci's. So it's just wanted to give Dom a, a, a shout out on a, a life well lived and um, gave a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. And, uh, and to me, I'm, I've done thousands and thousands of stories uh, in my career in television. And I'm sure that I don't remember most of them, but the ones I remember, remember because I was either moved by them or, uh, or had a wondrous time or was astonished or some kind of, you know, truly memorable, uh, experience. And I can say that that is the case with uh, Dom Zanucci. So when I saw his obit, I, I needed to share it with you. Okay.
Now, isn't that a lot better than talking about Afghanistan and COVID? <laughs> Yike. Speaking of COVID, I got some uh, leftover uh, emails that I didn't see in time uh, yesterday, so I'll share it with you now. It's from Gigi. And she said, I just read an article about a Texas school district which has added wearing a mask to their dress code in an effort to circumvent Governor Abbott's no mask mandate edict. And Gigi says, I love that creative thinking. I do too. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody came up with it. Okay, okay, let's uh, let's just uh, make it part of. Has nothing to do with public health. It just has to do with um, with our what is allowable in terms of students' apparel. Put it in the dress code. I love it. And then uh, Gigi goes on to say, on the other hand. No creative thinking going on here. Get this. This is closer to home. This is the Butler School District. Uh, its attorney said that the Butler School District cannot require masks. Why? Well, because the school code written in 1949 doesn't mention School code nowhere mentions masks. Masks. And if there is, says the wise solicitor of the Butler School District, if there was no mention of masks in 1949, then who are we? They institute masks. Nowhere in the school code is that word. Gigi says, jeez, talk about twisted logic. I guess they'll have to get rid of their computers as well then, because there's no mention of computers, use of computers. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Speaking of uh, school districts, We'll get Mars in the picture here, too. Man, you guys living outside. Uh, well, geez, my Lord, the stupidity uh, of, of so many. Uh, and, and, and just the, the fact that their heads have been taken over by uh, Fox News and right-wing propaganda. Here's the Mars Area School District has added patriotism to its mission statement. Now, I'm sort of surprised it wasn't there to start with because it was quite clear to me, not at the time, but as I looked back, that instilling patriotism was one of the major missions of the public school system. When I went to it in the 50s and 60s, clearly, but they actually taught civics. <laughs> so you did learn uh, about the Constitution. Um, but yeah, Mars Area School Board yesterday or two days ago unanimously voted to add patriotism to the mission statement as a core value. And it says that to promote patriotism, the U.S. flag will be on display at all buildings, athletic facilities, and in every classroom. The Pledge of Allegiance will be said daily. The National Anthem will be played at home games. And strangely, this patriotism thing also goes on to ban teaching concepts that impute fault 
blame, or the need to feel guilt (laughs) or anguish to a person solely because of their race, sex, or religion. So in other words, to say, you know, it was mostly white male Christians who uh, promulgated, oversaw, and enforced racism in this country. That would be a true statement, but you can't say it because it would make white male Christians feel bad. Amazing. Amazing. And these are the geniuses who are going to bring patriotism as a core value to the poor, unsuspecting little minds of the children of Mars. (laughs) I think we got a call. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Hey. Good morning. Morning. I was uh, I was wondering if you, since you had mentioned Dominic Danucci, if you would uh, mind just engaging in a, a little nostalgia. You uh, used last week when you were talking to a caller a term, and I forget what the topic was that you were discussing, but you used the expression, it depends on whose ox is being gored when yeah. you know, talking about this particular thing. And it reminded me... <clears throat> that that was one of the kind of favorite phrases that Doug Hirsch, uh used to use. And that reminded me about the labathons that yeah. you used to have with Doug Hirsch and Ann Devlin and film music. And it just made me think that that was, uh, you know, when you tr- I tried to remember back to those days, even what some of the topics would have been, and doesn't it seem like the world was so much simpler at that time? Yeah. Although in some ways, obviously, it it was every bit as complicated as it is today. But um, but you know, I wonder if you ever if you ever think about that. Obviously, um, music is gone, and and Doug is gone. Uh, I know Anne Devlin is still around, but do you do you have any reflections on those days or those times or, you know, what it meant for the, for the quality of radio as it was then compared to now? I mean, the fact that you guys could sit on those panels, you know, for hour upon hour and just have wonderful, good, substantive chat with each other. Um, it was just really a special time. It was. And as is so often the case of special times, we did not appreciate <laughs> that we were in a special time, right? right. We didn't mm-hmm. know it at the time, in real sure. time. And um, it only became evident after it was gone that it had been so special. And I have noted it on a number of occasions um, because I – I lived through this transition that we're in now. I lived through losing the eclectic audience that I had that created so much more of an interesting show. Back Mm -hmm. then, in the days, in the 80s and the 90s, the shows were more interesting because we didn't all agree on everything. Well, exactly. Exactly. And so every time I, you know, took a call, it was Russian roulette. I didn't know where someone was coming from, where they were going, but it was fascinating and it was interesting. And somebody like Doug, you know, just reveled in that kind of eclectic mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and unknowing and, and sort of like, you know, the, the recklessness for the host of, of trying to keep control of something you had no could not much control of. Um, and as, and as not, I recall, as I recall, you would trade off, um, you know, kind of being the, you know, the moderator, so to speak of the panel, you would each take, you know, an hour or two at a time yeah. and then, you know, switch back and forth. And um, that made it, right. you know, all, all even the more interesting. Right. 
I have to tell you, I found those, and I've said this before, I found those blabathons uh, so exhausting. <laughs> you have no oh. idea what it's like to be, you can't imagine to have to be like on your toes for what? It was, uh, it was nine hours, I think. Oh, sure. Three, sure. three hour shifts, right. So yeah. it was um, so draining, so exhausting that I really hated them. Um, but we ended up having a lot of fun, and I'm sure for the audience, yeah, it would have been wonderful, just wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you yeah, know, I'm curious. I, I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, I, I, I was just going to essentially say the same thing again. We lost this wonderful ability to listen to each other, to argue, to disagree, but not get hateful, not call each other names. Just, yeah, good old, what used to be, you know, conversation about world events, about, about social, uh, social issues, about a, you name it, anything. I mean, anything. And that was also, so talk radio uh, eventually was captured by right wing uh, that, that all the stations, because I probably of Rush Limbaugh's uh, uh, dominance, uh, right. people saw that as a, a template. This is how you do this. Mm-hmm. And it, they didn't see it working with liberals because liberals by their very nature, were more welcoming of different talk and also less didactic and less, um, you know, not peddling a specific point of view. Liberals are more, uh, at the time, I'm not going to say it's necessarily true anymore, we're more willing to say things like, you know, I really don't know. (laughs) I'll have to look more into that. There's no way uh, the right-wingers would ever say, I don't know. They always knew. They always had a scapegoat. They always had it. And so this became the template, and eventually it died. I mean, WTAE Radio had the most wonderful lineup, and we just, at the time, we didn't realize how wonderful it was. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a host that was the same in any way personality, political point of view, or anything from another. I mean, we were all totally different. That's right. Well, well, of course, it would be impossible to know, but I, I wonder how, how many of your current audience in this format even recall those. And I, I know that Doug Hurst still has quite a few uh, of oh. his shows on YouTube, but boy, yeah, yeah, wouldn't it is. be wonderful to have had some of those blabathons, you know, memorialized uh, for, uh, you know, and not, not just the blabathons, but just some of the, you know, your shows and musics and, you know, all the others to, to be able to go back and listen to some of those. So uh, that would be terrific. Well, some of mine are there as well. I mean, I, oh, they're, are, they're are they? Um, yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, I got tapes. I don't know. I got tons of tapes that are rotting in drawers. Not that I ever mm. listened to them. There's tons of stuff out there. Well, I've seen a lot know. of your... I've seen a lot of your, um, you know, your city paper ones. They are back, you know, on YouTube. But yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, some no. of the TAE shows were there as well. I'll have to look some of those well, up. Well, and there's also the C-SPAN. Uh, there's the WPTT 2004 uh, C-SPAN uh, thing I did. And uh, that's a good show and still is not quite as ugly a time. We're getting there, but not as ugly a time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, well listen, I, I, I won't uh, keep you, but thanks for kind of indulging a little bit of uh, memory lane there yeah. with me for a few minutes. Well, I listen, it, I, I, I like the indulgence. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Take Thank care. You. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. 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 Yeah. You don't know what you had till you lose it. It's, I mean, it's so true of life. That's why I always say to a younger, don't ever say it can't get any worse. <laughs> don't, don't say that because it just seems so much of my life experience uh, tells me the exact opposite. <laughs> it can. 
It can. It will. I assure you. You know, another thing is I listen to sometimes young people speak about their work and their employers. They're always complaining. Always complaining. And I've tried to remember back. And, you know, we did too. So in the present, it seems like we're so unwilling to acknowledge the positives of our situation. We're always thinking negatives. We're always wanting something we don't have, bitching, moaning. And meanwhile, it could well be that what we have is so much better than what we're going to have. And so why don't we have the capacity, most of us, I think, to truly enjoy where we are in the present, even if it's far from perfect, but to focus on and extract the the good stuff, to acknowledge it, at least. Acknowledge it. So many people are just stuck on the negative. And every workplace, if you work with people, um, has the, you know, the, the, the folks that are just the leaders of negativism. And they sort of squelch any joy that someone might be feeling because of their constant and chronic moaning and bitching about uh, whatever company it is, the bosses, the schedule, the structures, what it's expected. Well, you know, it, it does no one any any good. It's funny. Ha ha. Okay. I think that's it. Um, on that. Um, here's another. I'm going to do another positive story. Everybody jump back. Another positive. This has to do with a, it's a follow-up to an Olympic story that none of us followed. <laughs> but the woman's javelin throw. I personally, that wasn't at the top of my list, but turns out the silver medal uh, was won by a, a Polish uh, woman. And uh, she had uh, been in, in Rio as, as well um, and had not meddled. And uh, this was a huge comeback for her because in between Rio and Tokyo, she battled bone cancer. Bone cancer! And then she goes back and wins, I well, silver in the in the javelin throw. Chase. So anyway, she heard that there was a um, a little boy, I believe, a child in need of a lot of money, uh, so his parents could get him a an operation, uh, eight-month-old baby with a, a heart defect. This is in Poland. She hears about that, and she immediately puts up her silver medal to be auctioned off for the child. And damn if it didn't get $125,000 from uh, a Polish convenience store chain <laughs> called Zabka. They gave her the 125. And with that money, the parents were able to uh, set up the surgery, which is happening in the United States at Stanford. Um, and she said she felt the medal was the perfect thing for this purpose because she said, for me, it is a symbol of struggle, faith, and pursuit of dreams despite many odds. And she thought, how is that not perfect 
for this little baby. So that's really wonderful. And here is the rest of the story that is also wonderful. The convenience store chain, Zabka, gave her her medal back. That's about as good a story as you can ever get. Everybody doing the right thing. Everybody behaving in a generous and honorable way. It's just really moving. You know, I should have left that till the end because you know what I've done now? <laughs> I've left us with the usual horror. That's what's left. Hey. So they were shooting a movie on, in my neighborhood yesterday. And um, I didn't even ask which one. I should have because I was talking to um, some of the people uh, that were standing around out, out outside. Well, they were actually talking to my dog. So, you know, dogs, boy, I'll tell you, dogs make, introduce you to people. <laughs> you find yourself, you know, I am not a, I know it's hard to believe, but I am not an outgoing person in my private life. I'm quiet, very quiet, and uh, don't engage that much. So walking my dog, I'm, constantly being engaged and that's one you know it's one of the reasons that they say dogs are so good for your health i'm walking that's my physical health and then my mental health and emotional health is improved because he forces me to interact to be more yeah sociable this is all good um what was I told the, the the geyser, I said, you know, that house that you're shooting in has seen so many that house is used constantly. I I said there was a um a Walter Matthau. I mean, how old is that? This was I think thirty years ago, a uh, movie shot in that house. And also that whatever Walter Matthau movie that was, it was there was scenes at um, at a pirate game in it as well. Maybe someone old from that will think of what that was. And then speaking of movies and Pittsburgh, I watched a movie the other day that I didn't know anything about, and didn't technically have anything to do with Pittsburgh. It starred uh, Russell Crowe and Helen Mirren and some other folks whose names I can't recall. But Russell Crowe played an investigative reporter for clearly a Washington Post, you know, stand-in. It was in D.C. and and that kind of thing, sort of Watergate-ish. And uh, as he walks into the newsroom, one of his a female colleague says to him, hey, Yinzer, or something like that. I thought, what? And he, you know, he wrote, I don't know. And then he said something like, hey, Pittsburgh. And, you know, and it's just, a, it's just in there for no particular reason. And only Yinzers would... No, and I was thinking, wow, if you didn't ever hear that term, wouldn't that sort of throw you off in the movie? What? Who? Huh? What? And then later, somebody, I think it's the same too, somebody says, Sliberty. <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, oh yeah, Ben Affleck is in it too. <laughs> It's called State of Play. Anyway, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good movie. So I'm just saying, uh, for all Yinzers um, and uh, folks who you know always like Pittsburgh uh, references, uh, that was an unexpected one. State of Play. Just wanted to pass that on to you. 
all the Inzers out there. You know, when you come from a small town, you don't get that kind of thing. So I'm always just so blown away when, you know, Pittsburgh is up there. I, think, I live there. Because when you're in a larger city, and, you know, Pittsburgh is not. It's just barely over 300,000 people. That's a tiny city. That's small, guys. That's small. Uh, we definitely, uh, what is it called? Hit above our weight? No. What is it? Play against? What is it above your weight? That would be a wrestling thing, too, right? We. What's the verb? Uh, above our weight. But I really get, um, I'm always trapped, because if it has anything to do with me. I know we do that, right? Punch. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> So it's not wrestling, it's boxing. Yeah, that makes sense too, because there's weight classifications. Punch, punch above our, our weight. Okay. Uh, okay. So did you see the one about the uh, self-proclaimed vaccine police? Uh, where was this? One of those states we should have let secede, uh, you know. In the 1800s, Alabama, that was it. So, uh, oh, the guy's from Alabama, but he traveled along with his uh, followers all the way to Springfield, Missouri. Why? I don't know. To go to a Walmart specifically to threaten and intimidate the pharmacist there. And he live streamed this on Facebook. Hello, Zuckerberg. Hello. This was live streamed on Facebook. And as he's walking, marching menacingly toward, you know, through the uh, vegetables and toward the pharmacy, he's saying, what they're doing is crimes against humanity. And if they do not stand down immediately, they could be executed. They can be hung. Oh, dear. And I'm wondering. So he didn't get arrested, as far as I know. Um. He he prattled on about how the pharmacists, get this, we're violating the Nuremberg Code, which was ethical rules established after World War II, after we learned what the Nazis had done. And that the Nuremberg Code led to the prosecution and execution of Nazi doctors who carried out these horrific medical experiments, often on children in the camps. And so he said to this pharmacist who is I guess just standing there taking it. If you allow one more shot in one more person's body, you yourself will be executed in violation of the Nuremberg Code. So, I mean, he did all this and then he left. And there were, uh, I guess there were police, there were police officers there, if somebody had called the cops. And I, he wasn't arrested. How, do you, how don't you get arrested for, for uh, threatening somebody publicly uh, like that? You will be executed. You will be hung. Oh, my. See, I should have saved the good stories. Because now I'm back in our usual doldrums.
Bree writes, punch above. Yeah, punch. That's it. I got it. But when you have a withering brain like I have, oh, here's something that, whatever. I, I, it has to do with this, the new host of Jeopardy. Um, who, um, his name is, I'm blanking, Mike Richards. And the, he was good when he did the, he, he did a week and he was good. And um, nice looking, plain, you know, just sort of, he, he seemed to fit it. And so he now has the job. And as is always the case nowadays, when all of us have opinions about absolutely everything and can voice them to the world, uh, this has created a just a huge storm of, of rage and grievance. And ultimately what happens, right, when people aren't happy is people start digging. I'm telling you, Mike Richards will regret that he ever won the job. So here's what they dug up, and it's not flattering, and it does make me not like him much. And so this is what we do now. Seven years ago, he uh, hosted a podcast, and the podcast was supposedly, I mean, he was, he was doing it as the, you know, because of his job as an executive producer, I guess. And um, it also was to be about behind the scenes stuff, but wasn't really that much. And um, he, he did it with a, I think another woman or two other women and someone who, you know, had the time and made the effort, and now it's paid off. Listen to all the podcasts, looking for, of course, things that Mike Richards said that today would get you fired. And man, they found a lot. And I was thinking before I shared some of these things with you. I was thinking of how if someone wanted to do that to me, you could do that easily. I can think of a number of things that I said in the past. There's a few of them that I just cringe. Um, that if they were, you know, we were talking before, are there any tapes of those shows? <laughs> Maybe it's better that there aren't, because, you know, before we all got woke, I would say, you know, think of all the words I use that now you don't. Think of all the, you know, the things I, the, the body shaming and the, and all that stuff. Think of not being totally evolved on gay marriage. Or, and I remember I wasn't, I would long, I would say, I can see where civil union is where they should be going. Because marriage, that's going to, that, I don't see that happening. You got to do civil unions. What did I know? But there was, uh, he got on Jews, really got on women, a lot the woman stuff, it's the misogyny uh, that is just comes screaming through. Uh, here's one. Somebody, a guest made a, some comment about big noses and uh, this, the new host of Jeopardy jumped in. Ixnay on the Osnay. She's not a new J. Speaking in pig flat. Don't do... Don't talk about big noses. She ain't a Jew. That's what he said. Um, talked a lot. He says nasty things about poor people, about the people in Haiti. Um, 
I, I don't know. He, of course, has already come out with a, an apology because, you know, we know how this goes. Sony Pictures, which I guess owns Sony Pictures Entertainment, which uh, produces Jeopardy, has declined to comment. This is a Washington Post story. Uh, but it'll be all over. And Sony right now at Sony Entertainment, they're scrambling around finding, uh, you know, a way to, to deal with this. Um, I... You know, I'm of two, when I see the stuff he wrote, I, I just, I mean, I said, I mean, he, he's, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. He didn't play one on TV, he played a really nice, smooth guy. But, you know, a podcast, you're just talking off the cuff. And in a podcast, the odds are you're going to be more yourself. You're not scripted. You're not, you know, the very, you know, constraints of a of a show like Jeopardy, where you know, what's he going to say that's so terrible? Although it is still a possibility. Anyway, um, I'm not going to share all of this with you because it's depressing. And um, he said on more than one occasion that he really rooted for average white guy hosts. He looked up to the guy, Jeff Probst, the host of uh, Survivor. I cheer for him, he said. I cheer for him to succeed because I feel like through his success, I could have some success. He was cheer openly cheering for white, <laughs> white guys. Like, you know, they're so beleaguered, white guys. And then another time he admired Ryan Seacrest. Because, quote, he's actually made the world a safer place for what I like to call the skinny white host. Wow. So there's that. And I don't think there's a person in the world who, with the kind of uh, paper trails and uh, and the trails on Facebook and social media and on the internet. I don't think there's a person in the world that couldn't have this done to them. And heralding back to the first caller. Um, yeah, this is, uh, not something we used to do, but it is what we do now. I mean, there was always this entertainment need to, to bring people up, put them on pedestals, to herald them and worship them. And then after you get a little bored to take them down. That is something that happened to celebrities all the time, even in the good old days. But now it's just, it's just blood sport. And because anybody has access to all of, you know, everything in the whole damn world, anybody with the time, can, uh, and do this kind of thing. Take somebody down. Uh, Bree tells us that there's some Brit who's who got a jail term in Singapore. Well, they don't screw around in Singapore, right? For not wearing a mask. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. Well, Margie wants to know if I'll continue to watch Jeopardy. I have to tell you, I've sort of fallen off during the, um, I watched it last night because they're showing these old uh, Alex Trebek shows. 
And it's so funny because they're old. Um, you know, the sets look stupid. The clothes are it's stupid. He's different. He's much more engaged, much more animated a, a host and personality. So the sort of cool cucumber Trebek that we got in the last 10, 20 years is not the Trebek that you necessarily see. I don't know. I don't know about years and whatever. But I, I was enjoying uh, those. I'm not a, you know, now with this information, I'm not a great fan, fan of this guy. I was never, I hate to tell you, a great fan of Alex Trebek. I thought he was sometimes really short with people and, and that he didn't respond, uh, you know, when that, you know, you talk to the guests and he would say something, someone would tell him a story and, you know, he'd say, uh-huh, and walk, you know, I, I just felt like he was often sort of um, not as kind as, as he could be. Um, so, and then when he got sick and, you know, was so courageous and, and I, I, I came around <laughs> to appreciating other aspects of, of this complex human being's personality. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm just. Uh, you know, I like the game because I like to test my own knowledge. You know, you get, you have fun if you're getting the answer. So in that regard, I really don't give a damn who's reading the, reading the answers or the question, the reading the answers, right? So there's that. You know, if I feel like watching television and it's seven o'clock, I mean, the odds are I, I might watch Jeopardy and see how little I know now of popular culture, because that's also what ends up what ends up happening. <laughs> um, what else we got here? Well, I really liked that uh, that. Biden is uh, has got the feds on some of these uh, states and, that are issuing these uh, these school mask. Well, they're banning school man, mask mandates, um, <clears throat> and so he sicked the federal uh, Department of Education uh, on them. And um, I hope that this pays off and gives the school districts uh, the cover uh, that they need to uh, do the right thing, which many, many, many of them are, in fact, uh, doing. And you do have to wonder about the political calculation that these Republican governors are making, uh, because that's what it is. It's it's obviously a person. It's a political calculation about their own political survival, as opposed to the people who they govern and their actual survival. But it strikes me as such a extraordinarily risky. I, what is it that that like a DeSantis is is counting on the short attention span of not only the people, the voters, but also the media? I suspect is he also counting on the fact that this virus seems to you know, surge and then sometimes mysteriously sort of abate. Is he thinking that'll happen? And uh, Florida won't be in the news every day and our ICUs won't be in the news every day and people will forget. Is that is that the calculation? And, you know... Uh, try to keep myself from going into how awful a human being you have to be. How truly awful. Because, I mean, you can see with like Abbott that 
you know, he made sure he's covered. He's vaccinated. He's tested every day. He gets the latest treatment, immediate. And, and yet they don't provide that same measure of security to the people. And how for an elected physician is that a smart move? It can only be a smart move if you know that people are not going to hold you responsible. And maybe they know that. You know, maybe they know their constituents and their voters better than I do. Well, I'm sure they do. But uh, cynical calculation is really astonishing. And while we're on Republicans, let me again uh, tell you that one of the things, they, if they're not sure their base uh, will be there for them as much as they may have been in the past, First of all, because they killed a lot of them off, and also because maybe some who survived but who lost family members will be pissed. Well, there's always squelching the vote, and that is why they're so busily working on making it so difficult for so many people, especially people in the cities to vote. And a case in point, just want to let you know in case you missed this one, the Georgia State Election Board yesterday appointed a panel of white Republicans. There's one Democrat. White Republicans who will now oversee the performance of the Fulton County Board of elections. Fulton County, ladies and gentlemen, that's Atlanta. That is a county that voted 73% for Biden. It is home to the largest number of voters of color. And the Georgia state is now elections board is now going to oversee the county board. Why would that be? And it is because they intend to negate whatever, if, if, Fulton County, again, comes up with numbers that are going to give the election to Democrats. This Georgia State uh, Election Board will come riding in. George is not the only one who's doing this. Republicans also, as you know, have pushed to restructure the county election boards, allowing them to be packed with more Republicans. It's really frightening. And this is the kind of thing that Victor Orban did in Hungary, which is why Tucker Carlson loves him so much. Want to get this in from Laura. She said, I like Jeopardy when Alex was on. But my husband thought Alex was snooty. See, I did too. I didn't like the, yeah, demeanor. I thought it was, yeah, snooty. That's a good word. Held himself above some of the contestants. And Laura says, we all have differing opinions and personalities. I just get excited when I can guess the correct response. Yeah, that's why you like to, yeah. You know, some days uh, you end up when the show's over feeling like the smartest person in the room. Well, usually that's because I am the only person in the room, but the smartest person. 
I mean, the times when you alone get the final Jeopardy question when all three contestants don't, that happened to me just the other day. Anyway, yeah. All right, you guys, I guess that's it. Uh, whew. I'll, um, I'll continue to compile stories that will all make us sick to our stomachs and look fervently, fervently for stories that will uplift us. I, I need like a truffle hunting pig that, you know, instead can hunt these rare, wondrous stories that I can't find anymore. Oh, well. Okay. Maybe the sun will come out. That would be nice. Have a great, uh, I know it's my weekend starts now, but you guys, uh, I'll see you after I hope your great weekend and uh, see you again on Monday. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>